Gia Yeev, and welcome back to the Soul Fairy podcast. My name is Lisa Gallagher, and I'm here with Georgia Pitfield, who is a, a yoga instructor, a light worker, a self love coach, a medicine woman, and a beautiful soul off this land who has given her time and space to sit with us and share a story. Thank you so much, Georgia, for joining. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, you're very welcome. And just listening to your story and how far you've come in your journey, you're quite accomplished in the healing field, in the well-being field, but life wasn't always like that, was it? Where did it begin mm. with you? Yeah, so I've been on quite a journey. I'd say my spiritual awakening, I wasn't aware that that's what it was, but definitely took place, I'd say probably as young as 11 years old. So as I said, I wasn't consciously aware that that was an awakening for me. Obviously, I was so young. But that was when life shifted. 11 years old, I lost my mother. She passed on. She passed away with cancer. And that was a catapult for me into reality, into adult world. Like my childhood was ripped away from me with this event that happened. And from that age, and I'd actually say from much younger than that, when I think back to my behavior as a child, but definitely from the age of 11 is when I first experienced my first panic attacks and severe anxiety. Direct link. It was fear of a family member not returning home, you know, fear of someone dying, fear of someone being taken away. So it was, for me, I can make the direct correlation between my mother passing over and this kind of panic and anxiety that started within me at such a young age. And from then... And my whole life, I felt like I never really fit in. I felt I was an outsider in the playground. And don't get me wrong, I have friends. I have amazing friends who I've been friends with since I was five years old. So it's not that I didn't have friends or felt like I, you know, was on my own. But there was this sense of being on my own. It was this sense of I never felt truly present where I was. I never felt like I truly fit in. And I'd say others around me potentially aren't still aren't even aware of that. I did a very good job, I think, of, you know, pretending. But there was always something that just didn't feel, didn't feel like I was ever fully here, if that makes sense. I was kind of one foot in this world and one foot somewhere else. And I really started to notice this from, yeah, 11 or 12 years old, my early teens, this desperate connection to connect with my mother again. At that age, you know, i didn't think it was possible. I didn't think that was something that we could do. I didn't know how that would happen. And it seemed like it would be well, a lifetime until I saw her again. She felt very far away from me then at that point, And I didn't know how I would ever reach her. So life continues. And throughout my teens, I really battled with this, this sense of just not belonging. And my anxiety really took hold. I never felt like I was truly here. I was always, I mean, head in the clouds anyway. Like at school, I never really paid attention. I was a dreamer. I wasn't there. I was always thinking up different events. I felt I could see events before they were happening. But due to fear and anxiety and panic that lived in my body, these were usually negative events. And so it was, it was full on. So throughout my teenage years, yeah, I, so I struggled. Anxiety, depression, eating disorder. It was kind of 
when I look back on it now, it's like the universe, everything was screaming at me to, I, I guess, go within, go deeper, find out what's going on, you know, find out why I felt like this. But when you're that age, you know, you're 15 years old and you don't have the resources to, you know, look within, you don't know how on earth to do that. You don't know how to fix it. So then actually I am around 15, I think, a very good friend of mine, she's still a very close friend, was very involved in the church. She grew up as a Christian, born again Christian. And she said, you know, come along with me, this might help you. And I did, and I loved it. I found what felt at that time as the answer, you know, the help I needed. And I found it within Jesus and in the church at that time. And so I got baptized at 16, threw myself into Christian life. And I mean, threw myself into it. So it became pretty hardcore, pretty fast. My entire bedroom was surrounded in post-it notes with verses from the Bible. I kind of moved away from a lot of my friends because you know, it, it, my view then was that they didn't share the same beliefs as me. They wouldn't understand. Yeah, it was, it was quite forlorn. I think I was so desperate for help to make sense of why I felt the way I did that this felt it was an, the all-consuming answer for me, and I had to throw myself in it completely and wholeheartedly. I found an amazing community within the church and I'm so grateful for that experience of my life because it did save me. But then things came back again. Whilst being a member of the church and, you know, devoting myself, you know, week multiple times a week to service, and I would have been about 16 years old here, I felt this immense sense of guilt and shame that who I was and the way I was living would never be good enough for Christ. And that's not a teaching that was within the church I was in, but it was this feeling I couldn't shake. It was like something still wasn't quite adding up and maybe this wasn't the end answer for me. My mental health difficulties came back in full swing and I actually remember I was in my bedroom, I was around 17 years old and I was crying and crying and crying. I call it the sadness, sometimes it creeps up on me and sometimes, especially when I was younger, the sadness would take hold for days at a time. I couldn't get out of bed, I would just cry and cry and cry and I remember I got on my knees in my bedroom to pray and I closed my eyes and I opened up my hands and I prayed that Jesus would take my life away. And that was probably the rock bottom of my whole life. I was begging for my life to end. I just couldn't do it anymore. I just didn't understand life and I didn't understand why I was in it. I didn't understand why my mum had, how I believed was taken from me. That was my view. She was taken from me. I didn't know why she was taken from me when I was so young. I didn't know why I didn't fit in. I didn't know why I felt different. I didn't know why bad things were happening all the time. I didn't know why I seemed to be the only one in the world who had anxiety and this and that. I know I wasn't, but that's it feels like that when you're when you're a teenager. You sometimes feel like you're the only person in the world and nobody understands anything. So that was rock bottom for me. And it's hard to think about, you know, and I actually have never really said that out loud before. And even just speaking it, I can feel myself back in that bedroom. So anyway, thankfully, I'm still here. My prayer was not answered, which I am so grateful for because 
I'm only just tapping the surface of what life can offer me now and blessed to be here, blessed to be alive. So that, yeah, that was rock bottom. And then it was, you know, I had this thing within me that, you know, that wasn't the only time where I had considered taking my life or pleaded for life to end. But whenever I had thought about this or had any kind of ideation of this manner, it was this little voice inside me was saying like, no, you're, you're not done. There's no way this is going to happen. It's obviously turns out to be my intuition. At the time, I, you know, I didn't know what this little voice was, but, you know, thank God it was there and I moved with it. So fast forward a few years, you know, I started to feel better, went to university and then same thing happened again. You know, life's going great, enjoying myself, having a good time and partying a lot, having a lot of socialization. I'd say we could say we were plastering over a lot of wounds. I actually, for the first time, felt like I was fitting in a bit more. Still not so still not fully integrated into this world and this society, but I was kind of understanding it a little bit more and coming into my own personality. And then it hit again. It was, yeah, very intense. I was around 21 years old. My mental health took a total dive. And I mean, we're back in the same scenario of, you know, begging for it all to end. And my dad is a, a life coach, which I'm very lucky for because I've had free advice for my whole life. And he actually sent me a book called The Alchemist. So I know a lot of people know this book and I read it and he didn't really tell me why he sent it. He just said, oh, I think you might like this. I've had this book for years. Here you go. He posted it to me and I read it at university and it was the first, let's call it spiritual book that I'd ever read beyond you know the Bible and so I was like whoa like my mind was blown I was like there's something in here like there's some really good messages here like what does this all mean and that then was the start of this life that I'm living now so I mean I'm 27 now this is quite a few years ago I read that and then I read The Secret and my mind was blown I was like what we have control over our lives like this is crazy and it was the answers I finally needed and you know I stepped away from devotion to the Christian church and I've battled with that a lot I still am working through healing around that and some guilt associated with it and shame of this new spirituality that I have cultivated. But I now would openly and happily call myself, you know, a spiritual explorer. I believe and finally feel I'm coming home to the access to all the incredible beauty and power that we can call in. You know, for me now, it's not a man sitting in the sky who kind of has control over everything we do in life. It's us who have control and we have divine within us. And I have developed my spiritual practice in the sense I work with the angels every day. I call on the ancestors for help every day, my spirit guides. And it feels like I'm finally starting to come home. Life is finally starting to make sense and it is a beautiful experience. Oh, wow. That's an intensive journey. You have lifetimes of wisdom and experience condensed into such a short few years. Mm. there's so much in that story and I think there's so much that people can identify listening to that and your waves of you know thinking you found the solution thinking you found the answer finding sanctuary in the church and then still having to go back to face I suppose the shadow face or demons mm. and then you mm. come out of that again and you have that beautiful experience at 
university where you have, you finally feel connected to people your age and go out and enjoy life and then it hits again. So there's waves in healing. And I think for many people, it takes a few goals to really find what resonates with you. Yeah. Because, you know, there isn't a one size fits all. And for some people, they take such great sanctuary in the church and it just yeah. carries them through their whole life. And then for some, it takes a while to find the right path. And, you know, listening to your story, do you think that all of those past experiences, so your experience in the church, your experience feeling really connected to back into society, back into your community at college, and then finding, you know, the spiritual path that you're on now. Mm. Do you feel like all your past experiences have contributed to you being able to align with your path now? Oh, 100%. I am a firm believer that everything we experience is for a reason. And I know everyone says this, you know, everything happens for a reason. But how many people actually believe or want to really know that, you know, pain we experience has happened for a reason and my beliefs would go so far as to say that we unconsciously as humans have called in experiences positive or painful to get us to where we need to be my belief system is that we come to earth with a soul mission that our soul knows what it's doing the whole time and the pain that we go through. And I feel I'm in a position to say this because I can relate this directly to my mother passing on when I was so young. I firmly believe that my mum's soul, in her soul contract, that was what had to take place. And I still don't know, maybe I won't ever know all of the reasons why, but I know that that had to happen for my sister and I to make the decisions that we have made in our lives. And hopefully we will help others hold space for experiences for other people to learn and grow. And my sister's an NHS doctor. I'm doing this work in the spiritual world. So I already know she's saving lives. So she's kind of ticked off. Um, but, you know, I hope that I can share wisdom or medicine for people to learn and grow and evolve. And I truly believe that the pain I experienced was necessary for me to be where I am today. And I'm only 27. I hope I have many, 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 many years left of growth and healing and, and learning. But what happened to me had to happen so that I could heal. And I am in a place where I'm not only healing for me, I'm healing for my lineage I hope to have. I'm healing for my ancestors that never got to heal. And for women collectively, you know, so... As painful as it is as well, when you're in the darkness, it can be so consuming and it can feel like there is no way out. And if somebody said to you, or if somebody said to me when I was in the, in rock bottom, that the pain I'm experiencing for a reason, you know, you, I'd be like, what? How, how could you say that? Like, this is, this is, oh, this is awful, you know? And I completely understand that someone would take it that way. But when you come out of the other side, which you will, you will come out the other side. Then you are able to see that the experiences that you have had have shaped you into who you are today. And there is always a reason for everything. 
There is lessons to be had in the most painful circumstances. There is medicine to be drawn out of everything we experience. So 100% I had to go through everything. Yeah, everything that I did to get to where I am now and hopefully will be one day. And they say sometimes that you have to lose yourself to find yourself. And a lot of the stories that you're telling, like your journey has been about reconnecting into the essence of who you are and in those moments of absolute darkness, finding a way to reconnect, to recreate that like spark of light within yourself, to dig real deep into get, you know, the resources deep within you to pull yourself out of that situation. And it is like there are pearls of wisdom upon reflection when you're out of that situation and you're looking back, you can see, okay, well, all of those challenges, you know, strengthened me. I've gained skills along the way. I have tools now that I can use to build up my own life and help other people. But when you're in that moment, you're in absolute despair and absolute darkness and there's no Mm. way out um, to the point where the only way out is just to to leave this this life altogether. What was the... The first step for you out of that? Yeah, such a great question. And, you know, it is hard to recall, firstly, because I think my memory is blocked out a lot. So I just pick up pieces of memories and it's more, I remember feelings. When I try and think back to being in those situations, I honestly, the first thing that would have helped me move on is as I said, my intuition was there and I've always been super intuitive and I will always say everybody has intuition, especially as women, we are so intuitive and I know a lot of people think they don't have it and when you suffer with anxiety, it feels the same. For a lot of people, it sits in the same place in the body so it can be incredibly confusing. Um, Just listen to yourself Try to separate the thoughts that are happening that are taking over and who you really are. You know, step back from being within your mind and become an observer of your mind. You know, we have the ability to step back and view our mind as an observer rather than be a consumer of the thoughts. And I think the most powerful thing to remember is you have control over your thoughts. They do not have control over you. And even if you can just, if you're in a spiral and you can only remember that one line, that will help you to see that you are not consumed by everything that's going on in your mind. You have the ability to take a step back and control what's happening. I think physically, the best thing that you can do is go outside, get out in nature, feel the rain, the wind in your hair, on your skin and look up. And this is something I still do now when I feel overwhelmed. And it helped me through really dark times as you go outside and you look up. And sometimes it's even a case of going outside, opening your arms wide, and you almost feel taken by nature. You know, you feel everything in you, the wind going through your hair, you know, on your arms, opening up your arms wide and looking up to the sky. And it's this kind of really humbling feeling, like, We are so small in comparison to Mother Nature and she is around us and she is protecting us and opening yourself up in this way physically is an incredible release. 
it feels like an energetic clearance. And advice my dad used to always give to me when I was younger and I would get, you know, upset or in a bad mood about different things and I would get worked up. He'd always say, right, look up and smile. And I'd be like, no, I'm not doing that. And he'd be like, why are you not doing it? I said, because I know that I can't be sad if I look up. Because he'd say, look up and try and be upset. But if you look up and you smile, you physically cannot feel sadness. It's like this amazing feeling. You can't stop smiling. And so I love that concept of just looking up, let nature surround you and hold you. And beyond that, you know, I think remembering if you feel like you don't fit in or you don't understand what is happening, know that it is for a reason. You are questioning it for a reason, which means there is so much more to your life than you currently know. You know, the fact that you're questioning and the fact that you're asking and you're not just following along with the status quo or letting yourself be consumed in what's going on around you, is the first step in waking up to what is available for you. And I think, yeah, remembering that, yeah, if you don't feel like you don't fit in, you feel like you don't understand, you feel like you're confused. How about tapping into that? Tapping into that confusion. Why am I confused? What am I trying to make sense of here? And what else could be out there that will help me make sense of it? You know, your soul chose to be here, right here, right now for a reason. And I think that is such an important thing to remember. We are here because our soul chose to be. We came in this timeline, in this body, as this human, right here, right now. So why am I here? There's got to be more to life. And that's a beautiful reflection because there is that pressure, I think, that a lot of people feel when they feel anxious, when they feel like they don't fit in, that there's something wrong with them. But sometimes mm. that anxiety and sometimes those feelings are rooted in that innate knowing that the path that you're on is just not aligned for you. It's yeah. like your body sending you messages. It's your soul sending you messages that something is just not right. And that anxiety, when it persists, can be that. It can be just that you know deep down that a different path is for you. And while you continue on the same path, trying to fit into the box that anxiety is never really going to fully dissipate is it it's going to mm -hmm. stay somewhere in your in your body somewhere in your knowing yeah. because your soul is going to keep trying to push you back onto your path of alignment yeah you're so right our body is always sending us signals and often we don't listen until it's alarm bells ringing we've become attuned to just you know glossing things over not thinking about things as a society, we don't necessarily default to looking within the body. We think if something's wrong with us, you know, we go and take medicine and that's it. And we, it's kind of like a plaster and we put it on and we carry on with life. But that the body is sending signals. And usually we don't listen until the alarm bells are ringing. And this is when we're in these, you know, in really strong physical chronic pain or you know, severe anxiety. But I think you're absolutely right. There's, there's a reason for it. How would it feel to tap into that rather than being a victim of it? Yeah. And that's where it comes into stepping back and observing and being able to kind of have an overview of your life and what's going on and being able to step out of the emotions. And that, that's hard, I think, to do when you're in the throes of it. And mm. you mentioned something really interesting a few minutes ago. When your father said to you to look up to the sky and mm. smile and you said, 
I don't want to look up to the sky and smile because then I can't be sad. And yeah. there is a part where we take ownership of our emotions, don't we? There is a comfort in the pain comes the point where we have to look at that emotion or look at that pain and say, okay, yes, it may not have been created by me directly, but it's there. And how long am I going to hold on to it? How yeah. long am I going to allow this pain to define my life? Yeah. And I think that that's part of the healing process it's that in a sense, taking accountability and moving from being the victim of the situation to really holding ourselves to account for the pain and the emotions that we continue to carry within yeah. this past event. And that's central to the start of our healing process, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. And that is a hard thing to do. Take accountability, especially when you've dealt with trauma and it's been a long time of feeling the same feelings. It's the default for our body. It's much easier for our body to feel that way, to feel, let's say, more positive emotions when we've been feeling, you know, apathy, guilt, shame, sadness for years. We are literally having to rewrite ourselves. We have to change our bodily makeup to try and feel a certain way. So it's like the body doesn't want to do it. It's much easier to stay where we've been, where we know is comfortable and Sometimes, you know, wallow in our sadness. I used to get the sad tunes on and I would sit there and I would be in my feelings, you know. Sometimes it was like cathartic. I enjoyed the process. But then where do you draw the line and say, okay, I've felt my emotions. I've let them be expressed. Now it's time to draw the line and I'm going to move on and I'm going to transmute this pain and turn it into something good. You know, tapping into that when can I draw the line here so that it doesn't become all-consuming again and again and again starting to listen to it and yeah and say okay well what is it telling me or what what skills what lessons what key piece of the puzzle does it have for me that it's just holding on so tightly and then it's a balance I think between listening to that emotion and really allowing yourself to sit in it and sit in the pain and then connecting to that light within you and connecting into the soul essence of who you are and just slowly allowing the balance to return and just allowing that emotion or that pain to slowly get smaller and smaller and your light get bigger. But it does take yeah. time. It takes patience. And um, it's not a quick fix journey. It's a long journey, isn't it? To rewrite yeah. that survival mechanism that we become comfortable with. Absolutely. And... It's like a rebirth, you know, it's this idea of shedding our skin, like a snake shedding its skin. We have to do this healing work and from then we can shed our skin and become reborn. And think about any birth journey, it doesn't happen overnight. With a baby in the female womb, it's nine months before the baby is born. That is a whole birth. So why do we expect that we can have a quick fix and go to healer or take medication and within one day or a couple of days a couple of weeks it's going to be fixed you know it's just not like that and I believe we're on the healing path our whole lives I don't think we ever reach 100% you know self-actualization healed you know even the you know the wise ones that who we can look up to they're still healing. I think we're always healing. I think until the day we die, I think we're always learning. And I think there's always growth to be done. And I think the day that we think we have completed that, 
would be a concerning day for me anyway. And I think that would be another lesson to to be learned because I don't think we ever do. But the beauty of it is, is that we can do this. You know, we can recreate who we are. We can rewrite our belief system. You know, we can reclaim our soul and reclaim our true selves through, you know, for me, it was through meditation and through movement. And that's where I am today you know, teaching yoga and sharing the medicine of yoga. Because for me, that was pivotal in reconnecting with who I was. I think it's so important to find your thing, you know, find your medicine and find out who you really are through that. And that is such a crucial part of the healing journey. And I think that for people listening who might be at the start of their journey and thinking, oh, this seems like such a long road and there seems to be so many different yeah. involved. Once you start, it does get easier. It's like the first layer of skin is the toughest to shed. But Mm -hmm. as you become more aware of who you are, it becomes easier to discern what's not you. And it becomes much easier to discern the path that is right for you. So it does become easier with time. And the reconnection, once you've had that initial reconnection with yourself, and it's just a case of expanding it, it does become so much easier to not only align with your soul, but also to build up that light within you that helps to heal the wounds of the past. You know, so yeah. the wounds become easier to heal. It becomes easier to know what's right for you. It becomes easier to discern everything that's not. And it becomes easier to build up that resilience to, to live authentically because that's the next aspect, isn't it? Knowing who you are and then having the courage to live it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a journey. <laughs> I'm trying, but trust me, like that it's still, I'm still really going through this and still shedding the layers of who I used to be and what parts of her do I still want in my life and what parts do I feel aren't aligned anymore. Especially when we start our healing journey and everything is new, it's exciting. When I first learned about the laws of the universe, the law of attraction, that was manifestation, that was my first kind of entryway into spirituality, let's call it. And I was like, this is amazing. Oh my God, this is incredible. And so I have to do this, 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 and this every day. I have to do an hour morning ritual every morning. And if I miss it one day, it's all going to be ruined. You know, I'm not going to be able to manifest anything. I was like afraid to step slightly out of line in case everything came crashing down and I'd lose all ability to connect with these incredible powers that we have. So it was, for me, it was this rush of needing to do everything and get it done now. And, you know, I can't behave like that anymore. I can't go out and do this anymore. I can't speak to these types of people because they're going to hold me back from this new life I'm building. And it was like, it was so full on. And now that I'm a few years into the journey, it's like, okay, Firstly, if we miss a day, everything is fine. You know, we don't need to have such a strict regimen of morning ritual and this and that. You know, you can adapt it to what feels good for you in that moment. Listen to what the body wants. Don't force yourself into doing practices because you think that's what you should be doing. If maybe they don't even feel aligned, they don't resonate, you know, why are you doing them? Um, And actually, there's parts of ourselves that can be on this journey. We don't have to erase the person that we were before we had a spiritual awakening, she's us. And thank God for her, because it's where we got to today. You know, without those experiences and the choices she made, well, I wouldn't be here. So 
I don't want to erase her anymore. You know, I want her to be on this journey. And I think that's something that if I had any advice to share for somebody that's just dipping their toe into new experiences of spirituality or exploring personal development, anything like that is, you know, you don't need to erase the person that existed before you knew all this. You know, they're still integral to your being and bring them along the journey and find out what feels good and what doesn't. And the things that really don't feel aligned anymore, you know, let them go with ease. And there will be parts of you that you still want on this journey. This has been a huge learning lesson for me. And yeah, it felt important to share because it's come up a few times this week. And I think actually a lot of people are feeling the same, you know, this pressure, especially with social media. Every time I go on social media, I see 10 new retreats posted a day and 10 new courses and this and that. And it's this desire, my personality anyway, is I need to do everything. You know, I have to have as much information as possible. I need to go to all of these things to be able to be this, you know, leader that I want to be, this healer. But that's not, not the case. Um, actually, you probably, if you wanted to, don't need to go to anything because you have all the answers within. These are incredible spaces to go to. I love going to retreats and connecting with like-minded people. It's amazing. And being in community serves me really well. I love that. But you don't need to do that. You know, it's providing space for you to grow and heal. But if you can't do that and it doesn't feel right, or, you know, financially you can't go to all of these things because they're expensive, remember that you can do the work within. You have all the answers. And these are just places that are just providing space for you to explore that. There's no need to rush. There's no need to try and shed all the layers immediately. It is a slow process. And I would say just embrace the parts of that. Yeah, embrace the long journey. And I think mm. that there, that's really important, what, the message that you shared there, because when you start off in your healing path, you're quite vulnerable. Mm. But your discernment isn't great. You're not sure who you are, and so you're not sure what's not you. You're not sure who you should be. And when you're entering into that, let's say approaching spiritual healing or this path, and you are bombarded with all of these different courses, retreats, all of these different things, and the instructions to have to live a certain way, have to eat a certain way, have to be mm -hmm. a certain way. Mention the word erasing yourself. And that's in a sense what some of these practices do. They're taking vulnerable people. And this might come across really harsh. Vulnerable people who are trying to find themselves that are instead being further erased and led into this system of being exactly this, eating this way, practicing this way. You know, you mentioned not talking to certain people because they're going to hold you back, separating from your old mm -hmm. friends. If you would look at that in the sense of a relationship between two people, you would say that, well, the other partner is abusing you. Yeah. So you have to be very careful that you're not falling into that trap of completely stepping away from who you are, becoming further disconnected from the essence of your being. And so there's that balance, I think, of self-practice and then having those courses or having those retreats as a way of, you know, treating yourself, you say, being in community, being around like-minded people, enjoying yourself. I think it's the reason why you go. It has mm. to be really clear. And that's a defining point. Is it because you need to be safe? Or is it because you need to be shown who you are, how to be? In that case, you might mm. be a little bit vulnerable, but if you're going to support your healing journey that you are working on in the background yourself every day, then it can be a beautiful experience. This path can be a double-edged sword sometimes. 
Absolutely. Yeah, no one can heal us at all. It's only us that can do that. And I would say as well, you know, it all comes back to intuition and spend time getting to know what that sounds like, you know, or what that feels like for you or what you see when you connect with your intuition. You know, what senses are the most vibrant for you? What can you tap into? And your intuition is never wrong. Spend time learning the difference between excitement, intuition, and fear. For me, they all sit in the exact same part of the body. They can all intertwine and feel like one. Sometimes you see things, I can see new courses or retreats or, you know, something like that. And I'm, yes, 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 I have to do this. This is exactly what I need to do. And this massive excitement. Then I know from spending time with my intuition, excitement for me does not mean go for it. Excitement is excitement. It doesn't mean that it's necessarily the right thing for me. For me personally, usually it's when I see something, I'm interested by it, I turn away from it and it stays in my head and I keep looking it up or I keep seeing it. You know, that's me. It feels calmer in my body and more inquisitive. And so I'd say, you know, if you're just starting out on your healing journey, spend time getting to know what your intuition sounds like and try things, you know, try different rituals. And if they feel really good in the body, like your body will tell you, then keep going. If you're doing it because you want to tick it off your to-do list, which I, this is because this is what I used to do. I'm like, oh, I have to do EFT now. Okay. Do a little tapping session for 20 minutes and then tick it off. Okay. EFT tapping doesn't really resonate with me. So I don't do it now. But I would have felt like I had to do it because that was part of my ritual and it's just not necessary. So spend time getting to know what your intuition sounds like. Try out different things. See what feels good. And if it doesn't, if you don't feel like it fully resonates deep within your body, get rid of it. So yeah, that's a, that's a big one for me and one that I've really learned along the way. That's really valuable advice because I was going to ask you and you just expanded naturally on that exactly how people can tell when something is aligned for them and when maybe it's, as you say, it's exciting, but it's not aligned with their their highest path. And it's, it's the calmness, isn't it? And I think when you come out of trauma, mm-hmm. you have this kind of disposition to look for the, the exciting. That's how you brought yourself into traumatic situations in the beginning. Mm-hmm. But being able to sit with the calmness and if it feels calm within you and it feels light and it feels nurturing and as you say if you can step away from it do something else and you come back and you still have that sense of feeling that this is something that can bring you peace Mm -hmm. for me that's the key now going through years of looking for the exciting option or the new thing or the different thing like what brings me peace Mm -hmm. that's how I make decisions that's what the intuition sounds like for me does it bring me a sense of peace a sense of stability, a sense of kind of calmness. And if not, then it's not the right path. It might be interesting, but yeah. it's not aligned. And Georgia, thank you so much for taking the time out today to share all of your wisdom, to share your journey and to be open and, and share those vulnerable experiences that you had. And I know that people listening will benefit greatly from just listening to your progression of healing and your life's journey. Thank you so much for holding this space and for inviting me on. I've loved chatting and sharing my story. It's been an honor. Thank you so much. Thank you.